Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. Today, we are talking to an absolute expert in the world of entrepreneurship. I can't even wait for you to meet Sean Castrina, founder of The Weekend MBA and host of the 10-Minute Entrepreneur Podcast. I mean, he is an entrepreneur himself. He's written a bunch of great best-selling business books, and we're actually going to break one of those down today called The Eight Unbreakable Rules for Business Startup Success. I can't even wait. Sean, so great to have you on the podcast. Oh, I'm excited to be here. Dude, so great to meet someone else. That, uh, you, you have such a successful podcast as well. It's so fun to have someone else on that does this. And for those that aren't in this space, like we didn't take us long to like get ready to go today. It was so fun. We could hit record and get going. So I'm excited. Um, let's do this. How about, Sean, share a little bit about your background and, and share with our audience a little bit about you and how you got into this world. Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, a, a good athlete, high school, got a division one scholarship to college. I mean, I was you know, one of those raised by wolves, poor, you know, one of those hardship <laughs> stories, but yeah. you know what? Yeah. Raised by wolves, but I love them in my, and just for the record, they live in my guest house now. Nice. <laughs> so, there, there, there you go. That's okay. funny. So with that, it is funny. So with that being said, graduated and I had my dream job. I mean, I was working outside of DC. I was knocking down my master's married just had a child i mean it was the the you know it was the perfect you know perfect story and then there was a change in leadership and i went into a meeting where i heard these words and once i heard these words my life changed we're going to go in a different direction uh, nobody <laughs> wants to hear that yeah yeah oh. you know i'm like wondering i'm t- i was so naive at that point i'm like well where are we going no, new place for lunch um, and then I realized that I would not be a part of the ne- the next phase since oh. they brought in their their whole team. And um, I-, I knew then that I, I would never be employed, I-, I you know, long term. I you know I may be employed just to pay my bills as I got something going, and which I did. And but that kind of you know set everything in motion that has created the last thirty years. Wow, amazing! Yeah, and I, I, I'm sure many on our show listening have heard that phrase or those words. And for some, though, that opened the door for them to get into entrepreneurship. Right? It was the trigger to go and pursue something they were absolutely interested in, or they just hadn't made time for. Right? I mean, you find that. You know, the old. You know, we've heard the phrase a million times. You know, a closed door leads to something. You know, er, you know, everything that closes. There's generally an opportunity somewhere. You either can sulk or you can find it. Totally agree. Um, and one thing we're going to talk about today, I can't even wait to ask you this later, which is around like when you meet entrepreneurs, what are the ones doing that are successful and the ones that are not? So we're going to hold that towards the end. But let's talk about some of your um, your books. You've written a bunch. So talk about how did you even yeah. decide to write books? You'd been diving into entrepreneurship, but and you've done a lot in the space. But how did you decide to get these books together? What was your thought around that? About a decade ago, I was I had to do a big beach vacation with all my buddies from college and their families. And like they're like, well, Sean makes a lot of money, so do beach trips and let him pay for it, which I do. I brought chefs. <laughs> nice. I brought chefs. I brought daycare. You name the vacation. I, I, I've, I've been involved in it. So I was sitting on the beach and I just started like I had a legal pad with me, you know, watching the ocean. Everybody's playing. And I just started writing down like one sentences on things that I was doing in business that worked and things that didn't work, but basically just kind of taking an inventory of, okay, I've had some pretty unusual, 
I've had very good success. I like to say in small business space, you know, you know, sub 20 million, you know, I can, I can scale companies pretty well. And again, I live in a city of 60,000, so it's hard to build, you know, a billion dollar company in a, in a, in a town of 60,000. And I just started laying those out. And then it kind of hit me that it would lay out into the eight unbreakable rules. Sure. Like when I laid it out, they were in, they were in eight specific kind of categories of a lot of the decisions that I'd made that worked out and the things that I, you know, would do again. And so that led to the eight unbreakable rules for business startup success. And then hubris set in. And I go, wow, Patrick Lancioni can write fiction. So can <laughs> right. on. Yeah. So I then I rewrote the eight unbreakable rules in a fictional form called the greatest entrepreneur in the world. I couldn't believe the name was available. You know, we all know the right. greatest salesman in the world, right? <laughs> it's the right so I like I like Google it thinking, okay, this surely book that won't is, be available. Right. <laughs> Exactly. And I know I can't get the domain and and everything was available. So I'm like, okay, that's crazy. That was the hardest thing. Writing that book was absolutely the hardest thing in the world. That was the hardest book to write. Really? Why is that? Because you had to take the position of like, you got to tie everything together. Right. You got to have a story. (laughs) Try to just, just give me writing a hundred or 150 pages of, of facts and and statistics and, and stories that you've personally experienced. That's easy. Right. You got to make it out of thin air. You got to have a protagonist. You got to have an antagonist, right? right? And then and you make it interesting, right? Points. And you yeah. got to make it, you got to drag him through this eight points. And, and so the story's got to make sense. Like Johnny started a lemonade stand and he did these eight things and it's a three page pamphlet. You know, it's got to be an so actual funny. book where you can turn the pages. Yeah. So, and that was, it's, that's interesting. Very yeah. hard. I've written two books on personal branding and yeah. I have always thought about doing a fiction book, you know what I mean? Cause I, I've just, yeah. I don't know. I've always had this calling that I feel like I need to do that, but I feel like it's so different. Like when you do, I don't know when I did my personal branding book, yeah. I wrote like 500 pages and you know, 250 actually made it into yeah. the book. It was just con- a lot of content and ideas. It's just different. Right. Anyway. Yeah. But see, we can do that. Like we know content, we know facts, we have personal stories, fiction, Right. It's totally, if you really take 150 pages, like if I said to you this, okay, there's a guy named Jim who started a business. Okay. Now fill the rest with 150 pages. Right. Not so simple. Not so simple. It it, it isn't. Okay. And if you can do that, you're smarter than me and I'm willing to accept that. Um, But nevertheless, so then I did that one. And then I did the greatest business plan in the world because the word greatest, hey, it sounded really good in the second book. But it was because my son was starting a business, uh, you know, kind of right out of high school and, you know, and he wanted to start one. So I kind of like, I went on Amazon like every other human being and <laughs> I started ordering all these business plan books. Like I ordered the entire first page. Good thing about Amazon, you can ship everything back if you're not happy with it. Right. So I, I literally ordered the first thing I, and I got them upstairs because I saved it. One book was worse than the next. Far too complicated, far too long. And it was a fantasy. In every book, it was kind of like this. Susie and Johnny starts ABC. Okay. <laughs> At the end, they're living their vision and their perfect life. They've met all projected income goals, which were absolutely insanity in there. You know what I mean? Right. Because a projected income is nothing but a fantasy. Exactly. It's a fantasy. Any number in projected income is a fantasy and or a lie. So I said, okay, wait, after I went through all these and there, some were written by professors and it was just laborious, I said, come on, there's an easier way to do it. So I wrote the greatest um, business plan in the world. And, and I believe it is the greatest business plan in the world for every human being who wants to start a real life business. In other words, you want to start a business in the next 30 days and make money in the first 60. Right. 
I'm your guy. If you got venture capital and all that and you got, okay, <laughs> you're excluded. The one in 10,000. So then I wrote that. And then the whole time for like the decade, I've been taking writing down like things I've learned and stuff like that, journaling yeah. my business experience. And then I wrote the developing the entrepreneur within, which is Love 365 that. days of, of, of things I've learned. And as I say to people real quickly, you know, failure is best heard through a secondhand story and a hell of a lot cheaper. <laughs> so you get to hear, you get to, you get to read it in that book. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. it's And once you've done one, I think you can kind of get in the cadence, except for the fiction part. I think yeah. that makes it not so simple. It's but, true. I have my fifth you know, book 80% done sitting on you know, yeah, Google. You're just kind of adding you know, it's sitting there stories. and I'm just kind of waiting to get a couple more stories to kind of wrap it up. But yeah, I think once you Fiction is easier to write. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, I'm sorry. Nonfiction, man. Yeah. yeah. So let's do this. Uh, a lot of our listening audience, as I mentioned, are entrepreneurs. I'd love to dive into some of your adv- advice and coaching. Um, why don't we take the eight rules and we'll just break down these um, yeah. into quick, quick sound bites. Um, you start with talking about your business and the first two rules talk about you must be qualified and your business idea must be qualified. Why don't we start with that and we'll just walk through these um, and then we'll get yeah. to some of the lessons learned that you've seen. All right. You must be qualified. Let me reword that. I cannot fix a schmuck. <laughs> I, I used to do seminars and I've stopped taking money from every person in the startup phase because if you're a schmuck, and I give you the Google business plan, it doesn't matter. It knows I can give you a great business plan, but if you're lazy, you don't take action, you can't make decisions fairly fast. Nobody likes you. Only Steve Jobs got away with being an a-hole. Right. But for the rest of the common world, you got to have a little bit of likability in you. Okay, you do. Be quiet. You, you surround yourself with team. People have to work totally. with you. Everybody forgets there's a starting point. That's right. You have to, you know, you got to... At the first couple of years, you're bringing people on, you're hiring people that are, if you want to build a great company, better than you could imagine. Well, they don't work for you because you're giving them the most amount of money because you can't. So you got to, you got to communicate a dream and how excited, I mean, I'm starting my company, sitting down with people 30 years older than me and I'm painting this picture and they're thinking I'm crazy, I'm, but I, I'm compelling as a son of a gun. And I would ask them like, <laughs> why in the world did you quit your job and come with me? They go, I just knew you were going to do it. Right. Uh-huh. Like, I, I I can't explain it. I just knew you were so excited and you had that look like, I'm going to get this done. And they go, and I, I believed it. So I, I again, when I talk about you must be qualified, there's just personal characteristics and we know what they are. We're not talking sure. rocket science. You do what you say you're going to do. You communicate in such a way that people understand you. You, you have likability skills where people want to join you. You can make decisions fairly fast and decent because you don't get completely paralyzed. You know, I got some people that are a business, they're two years in still looking on YouTube to kind of get the perfect answer. So number one, is <laughs> you must be qualified. And then we're going right. to jump into number two. Number two is your business, your business and idea. What, <laughs> right. And I talk about that in like the, the, you know, the world's greatest business plan. Everybody's idea sounds great in their own head always say that I've got such great ideas. And then I expose it to oxygen or criticism and then the marketplace and they get abused. So you, you need to, you need to vet your business idea. You need to, is there a, is there a massive wanting audience? Because unless you're selling islands and jets, yep. you really need a big audience. <laughs> no doubt. 
you know, and, 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 and so I, I think that you need to have a business that you can market fairly easily. There, like there's certain businesses that I'd have a hard time marketing just so I don't get it doesn't fit with, I need simple, you know, this is the service, you know, this is what the customer wants. This is what they need. This is the problem. I, I, I need, marketing needs to be fairly simple for me. I want to know that I can walk through a shopping center and 30% of the people in there would want what I'm selling. Totally. That may be very yep. simple, but that's kind of what I'm, what I'm trying to shoot for. So I, I think in number two, I just think that vet your business idea, pre-sell it a little bit. Worst case scenario, you tell people we're on back order. You, know, you right. are on back order. You had no get, idea you get sure there's some sales. interest in something you're going to yeah, do, right? It, it's better to it's better to 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 have a reason to sprint because you start getting orders. Right. Then yeah. you spend all this money on the front end, you have all these products and you have no idea if anyone's going to buy, buy them. I would much rather send an email that says, due to overwhelming demand, Right. <laughs> product will be a few weeks behind, but we'll be provide we'll be giving you something extra as our way of whatever you know, there's there's so many ways to fix that. So, no doubt. But that's a great problem to have. No doubt. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, all right. Uh that's first two. The next one is plan for success. Yeah. And this is where I mean I'm just a big fanatic about having a business plan. I mean, we go on vacation and we'll plan it out. We'll get a business and we'll never say, okay, what do you want this business to look like five years from now? I mean, God forbid you'd ask that. Right. Okay, who, who, who is your target customer? I mean, if you, you can't answer basic questions. If I said to you, like an FBI profiler, who is most likely to buy what it is you're selling? Okay, tell me who it is. Next, if I told you, who's your competition? Tell me who it is. If I said, how are you going to be different? Tell me what it is. If I said, how are you going to, what method of attracting customers are you going to use? You know, digital market, whatever the case may be. Okay, great. Okay. How are right. you going to, you got to love a dog in the middle of a podcast. You just love that. <laughs> yeah. I have a two, I got boxers upstairs, so it could go at any time. And then yeah. there's fulfillment. I like, I, I had a business one time that I thought would be great because I know a lot of service companies, but it'll answer this question. It was appliance repair. I had a guy come over and do appliance repair and it was like $197 and he was at my house for like 30 minutes. And I said, okay, I'm getting into this business. Right. I could do right? that. I mean, I'm like, this is simple, right? I mean, it was, it fit everything. You could have like a, the lowest contractor's license to get it because most of the repairs are like under a thousand bucks. Look really good. Then I found out you actually have to be certified by every single manufacturer. Right. To repair so it, those crazy. So example. So doing a business plan, you start going in that, well, how am I going to staff it? Who do I need on this team? Well, you need appliance repair specialists. Well, in my little bit of research on what it takes to be one, I found out that's a lot harder than it looks. Sometimes you'll find out licensing is a lot harder than you may think. So, or, or the startup cost is greater than you think. Every startup totally. cost, double it. Whatever you think it is, double it. So all that is, is and, and, and you could do it on a one-page legal plan pad, I mean, and just the questions I just asked you, you That's know, true. who's going op- yeah, to <laughs> open the door? Who's going to open right. the door the first day? Who's going to fulfill? <laughs> Simple thing. Who's going to be your team? But by golly, just do a little bit of planning. So that's what totally. number three is. I love it. Uh, the next is protect yourself in your business. I know this is an important one, and not everyone thinks about this when they're getting into the, especially I, I cover a lot of food, beverage, consumer service companies where there's a, a customer. 
Yeah. I mean, number one is just protect yourself and get the current, get the licensings you need, get the insurances that you need. You start off and you'll be thinking, I don't really, what's the odds of that happening? Just when you say that the odds will happen, just do it correctly. Do you have a, you're going to have a partnership, have a simple partnership agreement. Okay. What, what's the financial breakdown? How, how does voting go? Is it 50, 50? If, if in the event that it didn't work out, what would the buyout be? Like my buyout, just simple advice is anybody leaves in the first five years, nobody gets anything. Right. Like if you leave me in the first five, I don't give you a dime. Why? Because I've experienced that before. Do you have intellectual property? Is there any patents? So just, just, these are things that you just have to think about. Is there trademarks that you need? Is there confidentiality agreements, NDAs? And you don't think about all that when you're starting your own little business. (laughs) Right? So I'm just saying to some degree, you need to put a moat around your business. No doubt. Uh, the next is kind of linked to this. You're going to build a successful team. You've got to have the good protection on your business. Uh, what are some of the keys to finding the right successful people? Successful team. Yeah. All right. Number one is this, is that um, if you pay peanuts, you get monkeys. And I've never been able to build a business. <laughs> I've never been able to build a successful team with monkeys. I tried. Okay. I tried. Oh and, my and God. It doesn't, it, it doesn't work. Um, your hiring people is so utterly critical, your ability, cause you're going to think cheap. I'll never real quick story. I remember sitting with my business partner when I, I started a home service company and we were, we were starting a painting division and I, like I would normally do, I said to Kurt who was running it. I said, who, who's the best painter under the age of 30? I hate to offend you older people, but yeah, I was looking for a young stud. Okay. And he gave me the name and I said, get him in this office. We need to talk to him. And so comes in sharp as a tack. I'll never forget it. It's still a friend to this day. And um, we're, we're offering him money to do it. And he wants $2 more an hour than what we were offering. And Kurt's, man, I'd never pay anybody that. And I said, Kurt, can I talk to you for a second? <laughs> we go outside. I go, $2. You told me this is the best painter we could possibly hire. And we're talking about $80 a week. We're talking about $80 a week. We're talking about $4,000 <laughs> right. a year. For, right. You know what? And, and I said, if he's not Small very change. good, we'll let him, we'll let him go. Needless to say, I hired him and it, I turned it into a multi-million dollar company, that division by hiring that guy. So, oh. and then partnering that that's my superpower. I, I just am a firm believer in there's jet, one plus one equals done on rare instance. Do you have all the goods? And, and it's hard to catch. It's hard to have momentum with one person. You no can't doubt. create a force multiplier. And, and then I quickly go with this. I mean, Warren Buffett has a partner, Charlie Munger. You know, Elon Musk had a partner at PayPal and Tesla. Okay. Bill Gates had a partner, Paul Allen. <laughs> you know, you go, uh, right. Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs had Wozniak. I mean, you go all the way down. Bill Gates, you know, you, they, all, all down the line, the, all this Chick-fil-A, McDonald's. How do all these brilliant Founders that we look at, like, like I said, you know, Elon Musk, Bill Gates. I mean, these are some, they all have partners. That's right. So I, yeah, I really no am doubt. a big, big believer in partners. Yeah. And we've seen that quite a bit on, on a lot of our interviews too with entrepreneurs. Um, marketing. Some people like to yeah. skimp on marketing. Some people think it's the most important thing ever. This is your rule number six. It's not optional. Yeah. Word of mouth, word of mouth business is for people who want to make under $100,000 a year and probably explains why 91% of small business owners make under $100,000 a year. I think this is the biggest mistake. This is the, oh, I'm going to put up my Facebook ad. 
or right. whatever it is. <laughs> right. I have my businesses are we buy Super Bowl ads in our area. We buy, you know, the before the masters and after, because you can't get one during it for a local ad. Um, I own a digital marketing company. I put a fortune in that. I want getting customers like a conveyor belt. Remember I said, I want to attract customers in masses, masses. I want it to be systematic. So to me, you know, marketing, which simply put is I want to be able to attract and then have a method of selling my target customer, a pitch that works effortlessly with them. And, and if you haven't thought through how you're going to attract and sell, you know, right. I, I don't think you're going to be in business that long. No, I totally agree. Uh, that's, that's great. I'm loving this. Um, this is like a great, it's like a roadmap for an uh, entrepreneur. Um, the, the next one, uh, not everybody's a numbers person. I know a lot of creative people really struggle to dive into spreadsheets, but you say you got to know your numbers. Rule number seven. 100. I have, I have a dashboard. I can like show it to you in my phone. I get it every day between 4.30 and 5 p.m. All my businesses, all the way across, all the key metrics that I need to see. I can be anywhere in the world and I can see a good trend and a bad trend. And that's what I want to, I want, I want to see. And I, you just need to know, you know, simple things like what, what are your operating costs per day to stay in business? I mean, so you're less than two years in business. You need to know what every day, what it costs to be in business sure. every week, what it costs to be in business every month, what it costs, what's your profit margins on your services. Cause you'll start seeing ones that aren't very good and you got to eliminate those services. So you, you need to have a dashboard system where you as a business owner can get all the key metrics so that you can make great decisions that are not emotional. They need to be data-driven. Totally. I love that. Yeah. And I, that's one that I know some people struggle with. So, I mean, each one of these, are, you, I've met people that struggle with them. Uh, anyway, it's interesting. Um, great advice. Uh, the last one, learn from experience. And then uh, we're going to get into some lessons learned, but talk about learn from experience, the last rule get a mentor if you can get a partner maybe that knows a little bit more than you do if possible in the, in an area of business that you don't understand just you have a finite amount of knowledge you need to surround yourself with people smarter than you better than you i found an older businessman and i and and i asked him if i can take him to lunch once a month and i have never met a business guy over the age of 60 who won't take a free coffee or for lunch a free lunch and brag about themselves right it, they no, love that oh, they, i mean they <laughs> right. love it yeah I, I mean three three lunches in he looked forward to it more than i did <laughs> right so I know some people it, like it just it just works. They just yeah. share with you, you know, hey, Sean, you know, and I would share with them a situation or he'd share with me a story. And I got to hear failure secondhand. Right. Yeah. It's great advice. And it's good to have mentors. And it's not easy to find. Um, so some find them more easy than others. And you have to be selective. But I really think of it. I think over my career and it's only a handful of people that I, anyway, you know, um, I, but I encourage that a personal board of advisors, something similar. Yeah. Read a um, book. There's a concept. Yeah. Listen to a podcast. You'd be shocked. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's listen to our podcast. Right. Um, you okay. Go. You work with a lot of entrepreneurs. You've been an entrepreneur yourself. Uh, as we get towards the end of our, our show here, um, what would be characteristics of the ones you've seen do well and the ones that you've seen not do so well? Or how would you describe the two different buckets? Okay. The not do so well typically is the one that jumps from one idea to the next. Like you've never, and I say like in six month periods, because one thing we're going to, we'll talk about focus because that's going to be my number one, but you, you typically are excited about something and, and you think, cause you're excited about it for three months, but within six months, there's always something that seems better for you. 
So you just, you can't stay on that one thing. And, and a quick story, uh, Bill Gates and Warren Buffett were, were having dinner together and um, Bill Gates' father gave each one of them a note card at dinner and asked them to write down the one thing that they attribute most to their success. Well, the note card had the same thing on it at the end of the dinner, focus. Interesting. Focus. The ability to stay like a dog on a bone for years. Right. For years. I mean, the, the relentless pursuit of, of a defined objective and everything is about that thing. Everything feeds into that business succeeding. You're not looking for this other business, you know, and because I'm such an entrepreneur, I can do that and I can do it. You, no, you stay on something for, for, for an extended period of time and, and really focus on that. I, I think that that's the, one of the biggest problems. And some people just, they just lack that confidence right. and competitiveness. I mean, have you sure. met... I, I did a podcast with somebody who was an entrepreneur, allegedly, and and I'm not giving any names. But <laughs> after the interview, I'm thinking there's no way you could hire or sell anybody. <laughs> I mean, it was just the whole thing was demonic. It was like, Sean. Oh, my gosh. No, I'm, I'm not joking. And I'm saying to myself, how in the, you must have a SaaS or something or is that? Yeah, you must be a software business. Right. I'm like, there's no way that you're interacting with a human being. So, wow. you know, the ability to communicate, I did like I had um, my son, I sent him to improv when I he wanted that. to wanted to start That's a business. Cool. Yeah. I sent him to an improv class, you know, forget, you know, you know, talking. I'm like, no, get on stage and try to be funny. Boy, that no, that's tough. No doubt. No doubt. It's yeah, something. So just, yeah, that's interesting. Hmm. Okay. I like that idea too. Uh, so helpful, man. This has been great. I love this. We could probably spend hours talking about all your different books and your uh, experience and uh, you got to come back on down the road. We'll dive into uh, another whole track. But um, before we go, share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, uh, listen to your show, et cetera. All right. You can find me at seancastrina.com and hopefully that'll be in the show notes. Uh, next, you want to listen to a quick podcast, the 10 Minute Entrepreneur Podcast. It's it's exceptional. My guests are exceptional. And to be honest with you, I teach every week and that's pretty oh, darn good. Love um, it. That's cool. And then, and then if you go to the seancastrina.com, you'll actually get the book. I just went through the eight points. You can get a free digital copy of that. And you know that's just, it's a very good book. It's got that's a lot awesome. of New York Times bestselling right author now. reviews. You can that's get it so right cool. now at And then you can follow me on Instagram where you get something every day there as well. Awesome, man. Sean, so great to have you on, man. It's so fun to meet you and um, make the connection. And you got great advice. And thanks for sharing that today and then every week on your show. All right, man. Thank you for having me. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.